Put somebody's hands beside you. Lift it up and say, Our Father, in the name of your Son, Jesus, we receive a free flow of your Holy Ghost tonight. Diverse expressions, diverse encounters, visions and revelations is real to us tonight. It's real to us tonight. We yield to the Holy Ghost. Amen. All right. The glory of the later house. Let's finish what we started two weeks ago. Um, it's, it's a series we started in church. Um, but tonight, I, we'll see if we can finish it. Um, but tonight, I just want you to be relaxed, right? Amen. I see a lot of new faces today. And a lot of people are not in church this evening. But, well, they are missing out. Amen. All right. Habakkuk 2. Let's start from there. Habakkuk 2, verse 14. Habakkuk 2, 14. Someone said, where is Habakkuk in the Bible? Where is there? Habakkuk 2.14. It says, are you there? I'll wait for you. Habakkuk 2 verse 14, it says, For the earth shall be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord, as the waters covers the sea. So he says, the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters covers the sea. And that is God's plan. That is God's blueprint. That is God's, um, that is God's plan. It says the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters covers the sea. You read in Agai 2. Go to Agai 2. It seems as though a lot of these prophets spoke about the glory. Look at Agai 2 verse 7. Let's, let's see what it says. Agai 2 verse 7. I would love you to follow me carefully tonight uh, because it's going to bless you. Amen. Amen. Agai 2 7. It says, I will shake all nations and the desire of all nations shall come and I will fill this house with glory, saith the Lord of hosts. In verse 8 it says, the silver is mine. And the gold is mine, saith the Lord. And now says, the glory of this later house shall be greater than that of the former, saith the Lord. And he says, in this place I will give peace, saith the Lord of hosts. So, uh, I will just do a recap for those of you who have not um, studied with us in the last two weeks. We said the glory of God is... Uh, described from the Hebrew word kabod. Our glory, it means kabod. It refers to the splendor of someone. It shows the beauty of someone. It shows what the person has. So when it says the glory of someone, it's like the beauty, the splendor, the wealth, the display, the honor of someone. So when we say the glory of the Lord is here, we are saying the wealth of God the splendor of God, the visibility of his presence is in our midst. So we said that the glory of the Lord, when he says, I will shake all nations and the desire of all nations shall come, he says, I will fill this house with glory. Now the question we said, we asked the question on Sunday last week, we said, what is the house? Right, and we said we traced it from Genesis 28. The first person we saw the encounter of a house from was Jacob. 
We traced it in Genesis 28 and we said, Jacob had an encounter and he says, I saw angels ascending and descending and he says, surely the Lord was here and I knew not. Let's open there. Let's go to Genesis 28. Let me show you so, so, that, we, so that we can know what we are, what we are doing, uh, what, what, we are, what we are studying. Go to Genesis 28, verse 12. Genesis 28, let's start from verse 12. Are you there? I'll wait for you. But you should be there already. Alright, Genesis 28, verse 12. Are you there? It says, And he dreamed, and behold, a ladder set forth, set up on the earth, and the top of it reached the heavens. And behold, the angels of God ascending and descending on it. And that says, And behold, the Lord stood above it. I am the Lord, uh, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and all of those things. Now, look at in verse 16. Look at verse 16 there. It says, And Jacob awaked out of his sleep. When he says sleep, sleep is from the word anna. It means a deep vision. That is why you see that in that, in that statement where it says, And Adam was in a deep sleep in Genesis 2. He's not talking about his physical sleeping. You know, if you are sleeping and they cut knife and pick a rib. So a lot of people think they took a rib but they cut a knife. How do you, how do you cut somebody and the person is, will not wake up? When it's not as if the person, they give the person, uh, what's that thing, anesthesia or something. Uh, sorry, I'm not medically inclined. Uh, I'm utterly inclined. What's, 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 what's the word? Uh, anesthesia, okay. I mean, so there's no even, there was no even medicine at that time for Adam to have such an encounter. <laughs> Amen. So it was a vision, right? So we'll explain all of those things later. Because um, a lot of people have problem with... Uh, uh, I don't know why I'm talking about that, but well, a lot of people have a problem with um, women. They say women are second class. No. Women are not second class, according to the scriptures. No. It says he made them male and female. He did not define one as this as the leader, this as the superior, this as the inferior. Are you getting what I'm saying? We're going to study the women issues um, this summer. Anticipate for that. Anyway, let's come back to our glory. Amen. All right. He says, And Jacob awaked out of the sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place. And I knew it not. So we can, we, we've said the word sleep now is a vision, right? So he saw the Lord in a vision. Don't forget we saw in verse 12. He says, And he dreamed, and behold, the ladder set off from heaven and thought, and it reached the earth. So when he says the ladder set off from heaven, obviously you cannot put a ladder from heaven to reach heaven, from the earth to reach heaven. It's not possible. That's to let you see that he was seeing something in a vision. Are you seeing it? So now he now says he saw the angels of God ascending and descending. So he now says, and he was afraid and said, how dreadful is this place? That I'm reading verse 17, and this is none but, he now says, the house of what? The house of God, and this is what? The, the gate of heaven. So Jacob called where he saw his encounter, the house of God. He called that place the gate of heaven. So you see, the gate of heaven cannot, you see how, see how these guys wrote the scriptures now? Or see how Jacob described the gate of heaven? He was describing a physical place. How many of you are following me? He was describing a physical place. It's just like saying, you came to church service this evening and you saw a vision and you gave it a name. So look at, read down. He called the name in verse 19. He says he called the name Bethel. Are you seeing it? So he named the place. So he said, this is the house of God, the gate of heaven. That's the place of revelation. 
So a church meeting is a place of revelation. A church meeting is a place of encounters. A church meeting is a place where the atmosphere must be conducive enough to see and hear the things of the Spirit. So he said he called the place the gate of heaven. And But don't forget, what was the first thing he said? The house of God, right? He called it the house of God. Don't forget, we, are, we, we came from Agai 2. We are trying to trace house, right, from the scriptures. Now, that is the first person who first said there's something called house. Now, the next person you will see would be, just because of my time, would be Moses. Moses built a temple. You read from Exodus downwards, he built a temple. And in Hebrews, the Bible made us to understand God is not dwelling in places where are in physical buildings. He's not dwelling there. Now, let's, let's explain this now. This is a church meeting now. Is God here? Yeah, God is here, right? But you know, if we leave this building, God is no more here. Hope you know. Some people can come and turn this place to a disco or a club night, right? I mean, they can turn it to anything. The reason why it is church is because we have pulpits. I'm talking with a microphone. You are seated. God is inside you. And that's why there's God right here, right? Right? Yes, but if we live here, we can turn this place and watch it and make it a movie night. So is God still here? Obviously, no. God is here because we came. All right, now let me explain that to you. So God does not live in physical buildings. A lot of people dis- demarcate the pulpit and people will be praying to them and say, God is here. No. God is not in a building. God does not want to live in a building. God does not want to live in a place. God does not want to live in, in something made with hands. No. He doesn't live in the physical building. So Moses built the temple. That was why when Moses built the temple, remember what he did. He did not become the priest because he knew. He made his brother the priest. You, lead them. Me, I will be having encounters with God on Monsina. <laughs> you know, the Bible says Moses saw God. <laughs> he was having encounters with God. He built the temple because of their hardness, their home belief, and he led his brother Aaron, you be the priest, according to the priest of Levi. Oh yeah, lead them. Moses never had anything doing with the building. He never sacrificed any animals. He never did anything. But others were doing it. Hallelujah. Look at, you see, and today, that's why a lot of, you go to churches, a lot of pastors will tell you, ah, you know, a lot of pastors will tell you, you know, I can pray to God for you. God hears me more than he hears you. Ha. Huh. If you hear a pastor say that, he's about to deceive you. It's a lie. God lives in you too. We're going to address everything today, the place of honor, all of those things. But you see, God lives in you too. Are you getting what I'm saying? So the, the reason why all of those things were that way was because of the hardness of their heart. Matthew 19.3. Moses, because of the hardness of your heart, suffered you not. He made them do those things. He made them build the temple. But God was never ready to live in a physical building. So, but look at what happened in Exodus 40. Despite the physical building, look at what happened. Exodus 40. If you are following me to this point, let me see your hands. Okay, thank you. I'm trying to do a recap of two weeks, two weeks message now. That's what I'm doing with you. Okay. You can get the message on SoundCloud. It will be clear to you. Track one and track two is already online. All right. Look at in uh, Exodus 40, verse 34. 
Exodus 40, verse 34. It says, Then a cloud entered the things of the congregation, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. That Moses was not able to enter into the thing of the congregation because the cloud abode thereon, and the glory of the Lord filled what? The tabernacle. So now imagine a physical building, the glory of the Lord filled the place such that Moses could not even enter. And don't forget, Agai too said. The glory of the late or the, the glory of the former house will be greater than uh, the glory of the later house will be what? Greater than what? The glory of what? The former house. So imagine he built the temple, and the next thing that happened was the glory cloud filled the place. When we say glory, I just explain it to you: the wealth, the display. The evidence of God, the tangibility and the presence of God, the display of God, the cardboard, the, 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 ah, ah, God help me, the, ah, you know, the splendor of someone filled the entire room. Now watch something carefully. Then the next instance we will see will be first kings when Solomon built the temple and dedicated it. And the Bible says, the, key, the priest could not minister by the reason of the glory. So don't forget, in Agai, in Habakkuk 2 verse 14 that we read, it now says, the glory of the Lord will fill the earth, just as what? The waters covers the sea. So now, when it says the glory of the Lord will fill the earth, is the glory of the Lord going to fill a physical building? Huh? It's not going to fill a physical building. So, who is the glory of God going to fill? You. So now, when he says, go back to our Agai 2 now. Let's go back to Agai 2. Let's go back to Agai 2. Are you, are you here? Okay. Alright. Agai 2.7. This is going to bless you, I'm sure. Agai 2.7. He says, I will shake all nations, right? And the desire of all nations shall come. Right? He now says, I will fill this house with glory, said the Lord. The silver is mine and the gold is mine. And he says, the glory of this later house shall be greater than what? That of the former. Now, go to 2 Corinthians 6. Put your hands there and go to 2 Corinthians 6. Put your hands there and go to 2 Corinthians 6. Verse 16. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 16. He says, and what agreement are the temple of God with idols? Are you there? 2 Corinthians 6, 16. He now says, for ye are said, for ye are what? Let's read it, let's read it together. One, two, ready, go. For ye are what? The temple of what? So who is that temple right now? Who? You're not talking like you mean it. Who is the temple? You are the temple. So now, the temple that they were trying to dedicate and build was a significance of what? Was a significance of what? The you, the believer in Christ. So he now says, I am the temple. Of, what did he now say? Let's read on. He says, for, he has, for God has said, I will do what? I will do what? And they will do what? I will walk with them and I will be their God and they shall what? Be my people. 
So when he says, I will fill this house with glory, who was he talking about? Is it making sense? So when he says the glory of this later house, who is the later house? The believer in Christ. The former house was that physical building. I just gave you a crash course. You can listen to the glory among us. You can listen to uh, the glory among us. It will clarify everything for you. Are you getting what I'm saying? All right. So now the believer, can we say now the believer is the house of his glory? Can we say that? So can we say the believer, God is dwelling in the believer? Can we say that? So can we say that the believer has the glory of God in him? Can we say that? So now, that means there is no glory in this service. You came with the glory. So we can make a church meeting the way we want it to be. We can. We can. We came with the glory. So when we're coming here this morning, or this evening, sorry, we came with God's glory. We came with God's visibility. We came with God's presence. So what did we do? We prayed. We sang. What were we doing? We are giving expressions to the glory of God in our midst. Because there's such a thing as when we gather. There's such a thing as when we gather. You know, there's such a thing as when we gather. When we gather. When we gather. Matthew 18. It says when we gather. When two or more people are gathered in their name. He's in their midst. He's in their midst. He's in their midst. He's in their midst. doesn't mean that he's, he's physically there. It means he's in the spirit with us. If Hebrews 13. Go to Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13. Hebrews 13. So, we're going to look at something. So, when we say the glory of God, look at Hebrews 13, verse 5. Hebrews 13, verse 5. It says, are you there? I'll wait for you. Hebrews 13, verse 5. It says, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as ye have. For he has said, what did he say? Let's read together. One, two, ready, go. Not forsake thee. Verse 6. You're not reading it together. Let's, let's read it together. So that we may say boldly say what? The Lord is my I will not fear what a man shall do. So, but he said he will never what? Leave you nor forsake you. So can you say as a believer, God is with you all the time? Yes, when you are sleeping, he's with you. Yes, when you are bathing, he's with you. Yes, when you are driving down, he's with you. Even in this service, he's still here. Yes, so now, we can give expressions to the glory of God. So that means in this atmosphere... Just like Jacob, just like Jacob, is a house of encounter. We can have visions and revelations. We can have sights and sounds. Because we are gathering here. You know, Jacob woke up from his vision and said, wow. Now, this is a guy who doesn't have the spirit of God in him. Because as at that time in the old covenant, the Holy Ghost has not come. God was not dwelling in men. It's upon the resurrection, it's as a reason of the resurrection, the Spirit of God started living in men. So imagine, if a man from the old covenant can say, surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew not. I believe many of us are that ignorant too. Some of us, there are things the Lord wants us to see. There are things the Lord wants us to hear. 
But because you are just distracted, you just seem to, as it were, you just seem to be very carried away. That's why the, the best form, some people will say, I'm a dreamer, I'm a dreamer, I'm a dreamer, I'm a dreamer. You know, they just say, see, if I dream like this, it comes to pass. See, you know, you don't have to wait till you sleep to see things. You can see them as you are sitting right awake. But because your spiritual sensitivity is that dull, you have to wait till you sleep for God to catch your attention. You know, you could actually hear things even as you are driving. You know, as you are even walking, you could hear things by the Spirit of God. You know, there's such a thing as, because when God lives in man, hope you know, that man is blessed, right? When God lives in man, that man, he says he doesn't leave him nor forsake him. So that means there's a consciousness that every one of you ought to have. And that's the consciousness that God is with me. Imagine you wake up in the morning and the first things you are saying is, as I walk up today, as I move and go about today, I know you are with me. You ever abiding presence is with me. In Hebrews 1, he says, he has given us angels who shall minister to them who are years of salvation. So angels are going around ministering to me. Angels are going around making every crooked way straight. Angels are going around, lest I dash my foot against the stone, they are going to help me. Imagine you wake up with that consciousness. But you know what many of us do? I don't care. You use your words negatively. You use your words. You, you use your words in a bad way. You just use your words. Say, See, it's a bad day. How do you how do you as a believer say it's a bad day? What is a bad day? The, a bad day for me is that God is no more living with me. But it's not possible. God lives with me forever. You know, we just say we just say we just say we just say some trash things that we ought not to say. But you see, we can say the things that the word says. We can say what the word says about us. In Matthew 28 verse 20, it says, And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the world. Do you know the meaning of that? It says, He is with you always. He is with you always means He will never leave you. He is with you always. Yes, I know you went through that tough time. He is still with you. You just didn't acknowledge it. I know you went through that harsh period of your life. That depressing period of your life, he was with you. He was with you. He never left you. You were just the one who didn't take cognizance of it. He never left you. You know, as I'm speaking, I believe the pressure is going. The pressure is going. Amen. Some of you came here feeling weary. Feeling weary. Feeling weary. Strength is here already. Amen. You know, strength is here already. Amen. You see, you didn't even have to say amen. <laughs> it's here. Hallelujah. Say strength is here. Strength is here. Say strength is here. Amen. Strength is here. Depressions have no foothold in your life. You know, depression, suicidal thoughts are the thoughts of the devil. If God is with you, he can't make you depressed. If God is with you, you just have to take acknowledge. What do you, what do, you do? You just have to acknowledge the fact. But a lot of us are acknowledging other things. A lot of us are acknowledging Netflix. A lot of us are acknowledging Snapchat. A lot of us are acknowledging stupid things. The news. Oh, the reality. See, I don't care about you. But what the reality is to me is that God is with me. I don't have to see it, but I believe the word. I believe the word. See, let me tell you the truth. Abraham just heard a voice. Pack your bag. Go to a city I will show you. He didn't have to see anything. He just took his bag and started going. And started going. 
and started going to a land he didn't even know. He just started going. He started going. And his generations, his seed, today, me and you, we say the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. <laughs> but we are seeing men of faith. Why do we call them patriarchs of faith? Because they were men who believe in God. See, you must learn to stake God's word as your reality. I know. I don't know why, I've th- why I'm talking like this. But I believe. I just sense in my heart depression. Depression. Some of you are feeling weary. You're just feeling, I think I'm going to end it. I think I'm going to, I think I'm tired. See, you can't be tired. You can't be tired. You can't be tired. God is with you. God is with you. You know, he's taking note of that, your sister. Who is feeling weary? Who is feeling depressed? He's taking note of that too. Because God is with you. God is with you. Whoever God is with cannot know depression. They cannot commit suicide. No, they can't. Why do you want to take your life? Why do you want to take your life? Life is beautiful. <laughs> Hallelujah. There is, see, let me tell you, there are ups and downs. Even Jesus experienced ups and downs. It is life phenomenal. Jesus experienced ups and downs. Jesus, God in the flesh, experienced ups and downs. Jesus, God in the flesh, was beaten. You say, oh, it's for the gospel sake. It is life challenges. Jesus, son of God, was a carpenter. A carpenter in their days means he didn't have enough money. A carpenter in their days means he had to trust God. If Jesus was a carpenter means he didn't have anything to as much as you. And he was God. Imagine, God came down as man and he too was walking about. And still asking and depending on people. I thought if he was God, he should have clothed himself. They didn't have to buy him clothes. I thought if he was God, they didn't have to feed him. But he was hungry. They had to give him water on the cross. So that shows he was human like you. So if God in the flesh came down and experienced challenges, who are you? <laughs> who are you? <laughs> who are you? But you know, the, you know the beautiful thing? He knew his reality. He says, as my father is with me, so send I you. As my father sent me, so send. He was conscious of his reality. He was con- the more conscious of your reality, the more you will see and experience the glory of God. The more you will see and experience good things. But you see, many of us, we focus on... <sighs> You know, as it were, we focus on negative things. You know, we focus on negative things. I see a back pain being healed just now. Who is that person? You have back pain. Back pain. Back pain is gone. Back pain. Who is that person? Back pain. I'm not doing a guesswork here. Back pain. Or probably people listening to me online. Back pain is gone. It's healed. It's healed because the glory of God is here. You know, you can just be smart and just fucking thongs under your bread as I'm talking. You can just be smart. That's spiritual intelligence. It's to key into the atmosphere. Just be talking in tongues as I'm talking under your bread and be listening to me. It's just, it's just how to flow with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. You know, there are times where we'll just come and we'll just, as it were, preach God's word, you know, uh, Greek word, Hebrew word, explain it line by line, precept upon precept. But you see, there are some services where we just have to give room for the Holy Ghost. For what God is saying at the spur of the moment, we just have to give room for, oh, what, Lord, what are you saying? Lord, what do you want to address? Lord, what do you want to, as it were, what do you want to show people? What do you want to see? You know, as, as I'm talking, you can see, just like Jacob saw, angels descending and ascending. And it's because we are the house of God. Hallelujah. He says, I will fill this house with glory. He says, I will fill this house with glory. When he says, I will fill this house with glory, he wasn't talking about anything. And you see, as I'm talking, healing is in the atmosphere. You know, healing is here. Healing is here. Healing is here. 
Whatever sickness you came here with is gone. I curse it from the root now. I say sickness is gone. Sickness is gone. Sickness is gone. Sickness is gone. In the name of Jesus. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Let's just talk in tongues a bit more. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Man, the fresh Jesus. You know, hallelujah. You know, the glory of God is here. You know, in the, in, in, when the glory of God is in demonstrations, there's so many things that can happen at once. See, a lot of us, I sense to tell you that many of you, you've only heard about the power of God, but you've not seen it. See, this is the, we are called supernatural church. I tell you, as the years progress, you will see things. <laughs> you will hear things. You would see. Because it seems like as the years are progressing, a lot of people are playing down the charismatic ministry. They are saying, huh, those tongue-talking people. I have some people speaking in tongues. Some of you even came here this and said, why are they talking in tongues? Tongues is the Holy Ghost. Tongues is the Holy Ghost. Why are you blaming tongues? Mark 16, he says, Ah, I will give them new tongues. Acts 2, when the day of Pentecost was come, it says they spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Acts 19.6, 1 Corinthians 14, they spoke with tongues. So stop thinking, huh, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't have to make sense. The God I serve doesn't, doesn't look like it makes sense. God doesn't really make sense too. Look at something in Acts 19, in Exodus 19. Look at something. And you know what, what God just likes to show himself in different ways. Look at Exodus 19. Exodus 19. I was preaching somewhere yesterday uh, and in one of our churches yesterday. And I was preaching and I told them, I said, see, in Exodus 19, 3 million people saw God. 3 million people saw God. Exodus 19, verse 16. So we are yet to experience certain things that God wants us to see. Certain things that God wants us to do. So we say it's impossible to see God. <laughs> Look at Exodus 19 verse 16. Are you there? Exodus 19. He says, and it came to pass on the third day in the morning that there were thunders, lightnings, and thick cloud was upon the mount. And the voice of the trumpet was exceeding loud. So that all the people that were in the camp trembled. Look at it in verse 17. Let's read it together. It says, let's read it together. One, two, ready, go. And Moses brought the people out of the camp to meet with God. Guys, listen. It's just like saying, all of us, let's go outside now. Let's go and see God outside. They went outside and saw God like this. Look at, God just liked to show him. Say, you know, God could have just come very quietly. I just say, this is me, hallelujah. But look at how he came in verse 18. And the Mount Sinai was upon a smoke, because the Lord descended upon it with fire. And the smoke ascended with a, with a smoke of furnace, and the whole mountain quaked. You know, different sounds. So many things. They were just, they were just having different expressions of so many things. The whole mountain quaked. Have you, how many of you have heard a rock blast before? Oh, uh, you live in the Western world. I, I know, I, I, the, I remember when I was in Nigeria many years ago, when they want to blast the rock, they will have been telling you, they would go to different houses and be knocking the door. I say, the rock is about to blast too. Please, ensure that you probably take, leave this area or put something in your ear or do something. They will tell almost like different, different, um, different houses because the rock is about to do, whoa! So they were different sounds. That's God's expression. 
He shows himself in several ways. Look at, look at Matthew 17. Look at Matthew 17 upon the month of transfiguration. Matthew 17. Somebody will say, what does this do? Matthew 17. <laughs> you know the glory of God is here. So there are sights and sounds. Demonstrations, visible demonstrations of the Holy Ghost. Matthew 17. He said, after six days, Jesus take Peter, James, and John to the, and his brother and bring them forth to the high mountain. In verse 2. And he was transfigured before them. And his face did shine like a sun. And his raiment was white as the light. And behold, there appeared unto them. Moses and Elijah talking with them. For what reason? He just wanted to show himself. Hallelujah. So Peter, James, John, saw Moses and Elijah that they've read in the Bible. In the Old Testament that they've read. He, he, this is Moses. This is Elijah. They saw things. So the church is a place for sights. Look at what happened on the day of Pentecost. Act 2. Act 2. Act 2. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, in one accord, they were in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the house where they were sitting. He says they heard a sound. It filled the place where they were sitting. So that means there are sounds, there are sights. And he says, he now says they saw things, right? He appeared unto them, clothing us as of fire. They saw things. They saw things. You know, fire doesn't stay on people's head. It means they saw it in, the, in a vision. They saw it in a vision. And they were just together in one accord. In one accord. In one accord. You know, as the days are going by, there are things the Lord will show you. You will just be on your own. And it will look like you are watching a movie. And it's not really a movie. You are just seeing certain things. You know the Lord wants to talk to you about your tomorrow. You know the Lord wants to show you things about... <laughs> your next five years, your next 20 years. He wants to direct you and show you that this is the path you should take. Don't go in that direction. I see and I tell you that many of you that are confused of so many things, the confusion is dispelled. Amen. By you coming to this service today, there is clarity. Amen. You see, let me tell you something. There is clarity. There is, you will just find out that you just know what to do better. You just know what to do better. You just know how to do it better. You just know how exactly to navigate the way around it. Because there is clarity. There is clarity. You know there is clarity for you. Because you have supernatural sight. You have supernatural ears. You can see, you can hear by the Spirit of God. So you have to be open to the Holy Ghost. A lot of us in, in the United States, we are too cold, too uptight. Like, uh, you're just boxed up. I don't want to come out of my comfort zone. Uh, uh, they say if you speak in tongues, you just too uptight. Losing up, man. You have to loosen up. Hallelujah. You have to loosen up. We are just too uptight, too cold, uh, too, too dull. No, losing up. Losing up. You have to lose it all. We are in the time and in the seasons of the supernatural times. We are in times and seasons of supernatural. We are in times and seasons of supernatural. You know, we are in times and seasons of the supernatural. We are in times and seasons of the supernatural. We are in times and seasons of the supernatural. 
You know, we are in times and seasons of the supernatural. Times and seasons of the supernatural. You know, times and seasons of the supernatural. Yeah, times and seasons of the supernatural. 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 Yeah, times and seasons of the supernatural. Yeah, times and seasons of the supernatural. Times and seasons of the supernatural. Times and seasons of the supernatural. Yeah, times and seasons of the supernatural. Times and seasons of the supernatural. Yeah, times and seasons of the supernatural. Yeah, times and seasons of the supernatural. And things will move across this building. Things will just move across this atmosphere. Just talk in tongues. We're in times and seasons of the supernatural. If you cannot talk in tongues, hold somebody's hands beside you. You will talk. You will speak out. If you cannot talk in tongues, just hold the person's hands beside you and speak out. We're in times and seasons of the supernatural. Times and seasons of the supernatural. Things will be shown to you. 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 Times and seasons of the supernatural. Times and seasons of the supernatural. Times and seasons. Things will be shown to you. Some of you will see angels. You will see things. You will just hear things. Just under this atmosphere. Mm. And, and, and supernatural sight. Hallelujah. And you know supernatural sight is yours. You know the beauty of the believer is that we have a privilege of foresight. Nothing catches the believer on our way. See, it's very weird for me to have been born again for a few years. And I can tell you, it's very weird for me that something wants to happen and I, and I did not sense it. I believe what, you know, I believe why some of you are experiencing so many downtimes is because you didn't know you have a privilege of foresight. You can easily know this will not go well and you will not put your expectation in it. You can easily know they will not accept it there. They will accept it here. You have the privilege of foresight. See, why did Peter, how did Jesus know that Judas Iscariot will betray him? You know, as he is, so are we. You know, as he is, so are we. He knew that Judas Iscariot will betray him. He told him, he says, that which you want to go and do, do quickly. So he, he had the privilege of foresight. You know, when he was in, in, in the Garden of Gethsemane, when they came to arrest him, he told his disciples, he says, Rarise, the hour is here. And they came. He had the privilege of foresight. How, why would you be a believer and you can't know what is about to happen tomorrow? You don't know what is about to happen about your life. You just live by times and chances. You just live by the details of your, you just live by details of what people say. Oh, go in that direction. Your friend gave you that advice. Go in that direction. Your friend gave you that, go in that direction. No, that's not the life of a believer. The life of a believer is that he is supernaturally led. Hallelujah. Say I'm supernaturally led. Say I'm supernaturally led. Say I'm supernaturally led. See, look at it. Jesus knew when the hour has come. Some of you, you, you knew. Okay, you, see, let me tell you. You can know you are about to have an accident and you will not go out. And you will just have a restriction to stay at home. But many a times, we, you know what we do? We just, we just hinder it. 
We had the feeling deep down. God spoke to us. You just sense the thing as you kicked your car. You just, even as you were trying to get the key, as you were trying to do it, you just felt, ah, you just didn't feel it again. But you were, you were too stubborn. And that's because you have not learned to yield to the senses of the spirit. You have not learned to understand the consciousness that God lives in you. You have not learned to understand that he is leading me all the time. That accident you went through is not God's fault. That downtime you went through, I tell you, is not God's fault. It was your fault. Sorry, it was your fault. That bad things you went through, it was your fault. You were just not yielding to the spirit. See, because a believer is supernaturally led. A believer knows what to do and how to do and where to do. He knows exactly where to go. See, there are times they wanted to arrest Jesus. Jesus will hide himself. He knew exactly what to do. He knew exactly what to do. Look at Moses. Moses knew when it was time to go to Pharaoh and say, let my people go. Look at what happened. Look at what happened. In, do you think that he didn't know that they were going to come and follow him? He knew, but what did he do? You think it was God who wanted him to close the way. God doesn't want anyone perishing. Leave that. God doesn't kill anyone. So he closed the, he closed the, he closed the rest so that they can drown. <laughs> he had the privilege of foresight. He knew what was going to happen. He knew. See, that is why you will see the men of old. They had an inclination of what God wants to do past season. They had an inclination. You see, there was a time, the Bible says in 1 Samuel, it says there was a time where there was no open visions in the city. That means God was not speaking to people. God, they were not hearing God. They said because Ichabod, the glory has departed. But you see, we are the house of his glory. The glory cannot depart from us. So we can know where to go. You can know, ah, that application is not possible. Let me go to that one. This is the place. You can know, oh, as I step into that, you can know as I'm leaving my house today. Wow. Ah, as I get to that highway, I will see a roadblock, I will see this. You can know it by the Spirit. That is why you are different from an unbeliever. The believer is different from an unbeliever. An unbeliever is a guy who does not have the Spirit of God. An unbeliever is a guy. If Ephesians 2, look at what the, the Bible says about an unbeliever. It says, in whom the God of this world dwells in his heart. Look at what the Bible says about an unbeliever. Look at Ephesians 2. Look at what the Bible says about an unbeliever. It says, in Ephesians 2 verse 1, it says, And you, he had quickened, who were dread in trespasses and sins, wherein in time past, ye walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the year. So what is dwelling in the heart of the unbeliever is the devil. Hope you know the devil does not mean anything good. Hope you know the devil does not want him to prosper. Hope you know the devil wants him to have accidents. Hope you know the devil wants bad things to always happen. But you see, eh, for you as the believer, it is not the devil that lives in you. It is God who lives in you, who guides your step. He says, I will be their God and I will be their people. He says, and in this place, I will give them peace. So that means we can be supernaturally led. That means we can know what to do. We can know how to do. We can know where to go. We can know how to go about it. Because we have the power of the Holy Ghost with us. Hallelujah. Because, and I'm telling you, we are going to function in supernatural knowledge, supernatural sight, such that before you wake up in the morning, you have already seen your day. Such that before you wake up in the morning, you already know what, to what is about to happen. So that before things happen, you are just you are, you are caught on our ways. Look at Jesus' life. He was caught on our ways. Look at Paul. Utterances came for him and said, See, 
Don't preach the word in Thessalonians. Don't preach the word in this place. Go to this place. He said, I'm bound to go. He was ready. He knew what was going to befall him. He says, I'm bound to go knowing what will befall me. He knew he was going to die in that place. That was why he wrote a letter and said, I have finished my course. I fought the good fight of faith. He knew he was done. See, because the believer is supernaturally led. The believer knows what to do. The believer knows how to go about it. So that bad day, that depression, you yielded to the devil. You yielded to the voice of someone. You yielded to the voice of the devil. And you see, eh, you have to be careful. I'm telling you by the Holy Ghost. Many of you have to be careful. You have a lot of strange voices leading you. Ah, I see. I, I, I just sense it so strong. You have voices of social media leading you. You have voices of believers. I might say believer. You have stories of friends who are not even born again, giving you advice, telling you go about it. That's the voice of the devil. The Bible says an unbeliever is the temple of idols. It, no, it is the devil that dwells in the unbeliever. We are not trying to pity it. I will not pity the truth. I will not try to corner the truth and say, oh, this and that. It is, the it is the devil that dwells in the unbeliever. So let me tell you what happens. When an unbeliever gives you advice, the devil is leading you. The devil is telling you, okay, go in that direction. So when the thing did not work out, you say, ah, I don't know why my life is going this way. Well, you yielded to the devil. <laughs> Hallelujah. You yielded to the devil. That's why you have to have company of faith. That is why the essence of the local church, surround yourself with people of faith. That's why the Bible says evil communication will corrupt good manners. Surround yourself with people of faith. Surround yourself with people of like man, believers, men who will stir you up. Surround yourselves with, so look at Paul, look at Silas, look at um, Ananias. They knew everything that was happening. That's because they were surrounded with people of faith. They were surrounded with like-minded people. They were surrounded with people of good company. Many of you have to change your friends. I tell you, I tell you, just, just keep learning what I'm saying. Many of you have to change your friends. Many of you have to change those you are spending long time in conversation with. I taught a message last year, how to keep the devil far away from you. Yet that message is going to bless you. How to keep the devil far away from you. Some of you, you are yielding to so many evil things. You, see, you know, you know, God can lead you through social media and the devil can lead you too. <laughs> he can <laughs> but you see I rather want to yield you to God because I have a privilege of foresight say I have a privilege of foresight say I have a privilege of foresight so why is your life going in shambles well you yielded to the devil you yielded to a wrong advice you yielded to you just woke up in the morning and have a strange feeling to do something you did not pray you did not feed on God's word. You are not conscious of the reality that God dwells in you. Well, that is what went wrong. So God is not at fault. Yeah, God is not at fault. God is never at fault because he says he is good and his message endures forever always. He says he is good and his message endures forever always. I'm speaking to two, three, four, five persons in this place. I say the depression is gone. The depression is gone. Amen. That evil hold that the devil has against you, that evil hold that the devil has against your family, your siblings, your friends, the atmosphere you are surrounded with, that atmosphere, that evil atmosphere is gone. Amen. That evil hold is gone. Amen. In the name of Amen. Jesus. It's gone. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah, it's gone. You will find out that after today's, after today's service, some friends will not really, your chat will be dry. 
the, the friends you keep and you know they are not really born again, the church will just, the conversations will not flow well. Don't force it. It's the Holy Ghost. It's the Holy Ghost trying to separate you. Don't force it. Don't force it. You just notice that there's really nothing to talk about much. Don't force it. It's the Holy Ghost. It's God trying to save you from another danger. It's God trying to save you from another problem. It's the Holy Ghost. See, because you came to service today, there's something that is in this atmosphere. Strength is in this atmosphere. Strength for the days ahead is in this atmosphere. Strength that you will not backslide is in this atmosphere. Strength that you will not fall is in this atmosphere. Strength that you are supernaturally preserved. See, I speak to every one of you. You are supernaturally preserved. You are supernaturally preserved. Angels are going in your way, making things smooth. Supernatural beings are walking in your way, making things smooth. Angels are moving around. No life will be lost. I speak to you and I say, none of you will lose anyone. I'm not losing anyone in this church. Anyone associated with me, as you are traveling back, as you are going back, you are having a smooth journey. You are having a smooth journey. Supernatural preservation. See, the devil has failed. (laughs) The devil has failed. How about we laugh about that? Let's, Let's be seated. You see, we can laugh at the devil. What are we doing? We are yielding. We are just yielding in faith. You know we can just laugh at the devil. We are yielding in faith and say he's a loser. Just laugh. Come on. You know you don't need comedy to laugh. And just say the devil has lost. Say the devil has lost. No, laugh, laugh at him. You know the Bible says he's seated, he's under your feet. You know he says he's under your feet. You know, let's just laugh about that. Some of you, you are waiting for comedy. You are waiting for, you are waiting for Kevin Hart to make you laugh. See, the Bible says, listen. It says, he who seated in heaven shall laugh. And in Ephesians 2, 8, it says we are seated with him in heavenly places. So we can laugh. No, just come on, laugh. Just come on, laugh about that. <laughs> you know the devil has lost. You know the devil has lost. Go away to God. You know the devil has lost. <laughs> Let's be seated. You know the devil has lost. He can't win over your life. He can't win over your family. He can't win over your life. He can't win over your family. He can't win over your ministry. He can't win over your life. He can't win over your family. He can't win over your ministry. That's your mom who is sick. She's healed now. Who is that person? Your mom is sick. Your mom is sick. Who is that person? Lift your hands. Your mom is sick. She's healed. Yeah, she's healed. She's healed. She's healed. She's healed. Cancer is being dissolved. Cancer is being dissolved this minute. He's healed. This very minute, the power of God is working everywhere. Preserving even your siblings. Preserving your parents. Your family. You are not losing any life. See, let me tell you what is going to happen. I sense in my heart, the devil wants to make certain things happen. You will see. You don't be seeing strains of accident, sickness, something. But let me tell you, no one is dying. Yes, you remember I said it. It's just an attempt of the devil because he has lost. Yes, you don't be seeing in your family, they will just say, somebody is sick. Uh, somebody had accident. Uh, somebody had this. No life will go. Yes, I'm telling you. I'm telling you by the Holy Ghost. See, I'm not a yesterday's preacher. 
<laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm telling you what I'm seeing in the spirit. No life will go. No life will go. Mm, no, it's not possible. It's not possible. You'll be seeing, you'll be hearing different things. Uh, I tested this. I th- nothing is going to happen. They will come out unscratched. They will come out untouched. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because supernatural preservation is ours by the power of the Holy Ghost. Let, I mean, let's pray about supernatural preservation. Hold somebody beside you. Pray for your family. Pray for your loved ones. Pray for your family. Pray for your loved ones. Pray for yourself. Let's just pray about that some more. Let's pray about that. Man so prokosafrakaskala. Hallelujah. No life is lost. You know, no life is lost. No life is lost. No life is lost. No life is lost. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, thank you. I hear a name like Abraham. Abraham. Is anyone with that name? Abraham. Or someone in your family, Abraham. That's the name I hear, Abraham. Who is the person? You know someone, Abraham? That's the name I hear. Who is the person? Let me see your hand. I want to touch you because I want to pray for this life of that person, Abraham. Who is the person? Let me see. Who is the person? Abraham. I'm not guessing. I, I'm just seeing something. Abraham. That's the name I hear. I need to touch you and pray and connect with the person, Abraham. Who is the person? You know someone? Come. I'll, I'll pray with you and I'll trust God in faith. Come, uh, Abraham. Abraham's life will be preserved by the power of God. Yep, Abraham's life is preserved. Yep, Abraham's life is preserved. Abraham's life is preserved. Yep, Abraham's life is preserved in the name of Jesus. Abraham's life, yeah. Abraham's life is preserved. Yep, Abraham's life is preserved in the name of Jesus. Let's pray in the Holy Ghost. Mm. Yo. Mm. Oh, let's pray in the Holy Ghost. Man, Sefrekas Kalida Brandos. Oh, run, no, 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 Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. All right. So, tonight, I, I believe the Lord wants me to lay hands on everyone. And I'll, I'll just explain what the ministry of the laying on of hands does. And we'll, we'll trust God for, uh, as I was praying and preparing for this meeting, I just sensed to lay hands on everybody. But what, what does the ministry of the laying on of hands do? Because a lot of us don't, don't understand what it is all about. You see, the ministry of the laying on of hands is one of the most powerful things and the most solemn thing in the Christian meeting. The reason 
is because God cannot do anything on earth except through a man. God cannot do anything on earth except through a man. So, and he is going to use men to bless men. All through the scriptures, I tell you, we are reading this Bible now, that you are reading and we are revering, is the stories of men. In fact, we are reading God in a man coming down. And how God has worked with men over the years. So whenever God wants to bless his people, he uses men. So when the man of God lays hands on people, it's as though God himself is touching people. The ministry of the laying on of hands is very pivotal in scriptures because it's as though God is communicating something to the man. And you see, eh, tangible power is released. And many a time people fall, people don't fall. But you don't joke with such moments. A lot of us just see it as a ritual. That's why I'm trying to explain it to you. So that when you see preachers lay hands, or when you go to a meeting and they are laying hands, you don't take it lightly. The ministry of the laying on of hands must be revered. And let me tell you something eh? There are things that you can get as a Christian via the ministry of the laying on of hands very fast. Something that is probably going to take you 10 years to get. You can get it just with hands touching you. The ministry of the laying on of hands can do, it's like saying it can naturally shorten things, make things faster, make the operations of God's spirit faster. And that is received via the ministry of the laying on of hands. So, the laying on of hands ministry is a very sacred ministry. And I'll walk you through the scriptures. So, by, because by the reason of the laying on of hands, it is evidence that, you know, by laying on of hands, people can speak with tongues. By laying on of hands, the sick can be healed. By laying on of hands, spiritual things can be communicated. By laying on of hands, as it were, your desires can be met. Just by the ministry of the laying on of hands. You can, as it were, stay up a dormant operation. Like the workings of the spirit. Let's say you are, you, are, you are hungry. You know, I just saw something now. There's someone, you watched an healing video. I think I said this in the meeting yesterday. But I'm, I, I said it, I'm seeing it again. You watched an healing video and you desired it like, Oh God, I want to do this. Who is that person? I will lay hands on you and the healing, and it's as though what that wish you saw, you will do it. Because that's what the ministry of the laying on of hands. Who is that person? You saw something, you watched a come, you watched a video, and it's as it's where the healing anointing will be so strong, you will, you will not struggle to heal the sick. See, let me tell you something. Let me tell you my own story. Before I started healing the sick, I have struggled and struggled. I've been preaching for quite some years. But before I finally saw one sick person in my ministry being healed, hands was laid on me. Immediately hands was laid on me, I went back to my church the next Sunday and I was able to pray for someone. It stirs up the workings of the spirit faster. Very fast. And it's as it were, it, 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 will just, it will just make that thing that is very dormant. Because God works with men. 
and he imparts his spirit on them. So you feel it like fire. And it's going to be so strong that nothing, your walls will not fall to the ground as touching healing. In the name of Jesus, it works. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So the ministry of the laying on of hands, it works very fast. I'll show you it. I'll show you, I'll show you something. Because it's a very spiritual um, work. Look at the first things, look at the first time it was used in scripture. Genesis 48, verse 14. I'll show you. You know, I like to explain scriptures just so that you are clear. Genesis 48, verse 14. Genesis 48, verse 14. Genesis 48, verse 14. And Israel stretched out his hands and laid it upon Ephraim's head, who was younger. Are you there? I'll wait for you. I see some of you still flipping pages. Genesis 48, verse 14. Because the ministry of the laying of hands is very common. It's not just, stop. A lot of us just say, they don't touch me. They don't. That is irreverence. That's dishonor. Someone just touch his hand. No. The hands of a believer is not natural. No, 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 no. No. Spiritual things are communicated. Look at Genesis 48, verse 14. I, I want to walk you through the scriptures very quickly. Are you, do you, are you ready for this, right? Ready to learn this, right? Just give me some few 10 minutes. We'll just we'll, we'll do this and we'll be out of here. Look at Genesis 48, verse 14. It says, he stretched out his hands and he laid it upon Ephraim's head, who was younger, and left upon Manasseh's head and his writings and Manasseh. So you know what happened? It was by Jacob. It was Jacob laying hands on Joseph's son, Ephraim and Manasseh. And it carries such significant uh, operation that Joseph tried to use physical force to change the proportion of his hand and all of those things so that they can come to the right place. Because even Joseph has forgotten that what he had received to is by grace. And he was able to speak forth into the future of the man. By the ministry of the union of veins, your life can be, if your life was going in this direction before, it can be returned around. Just by the ministry of the laying on of hands. Look at Numbers 27. And many a times when all chances come in those times, it's very powerful. Numbers 27 verse 18. Numbers 27 verse 18. You know, these meetings are not meetings where you should be stereotyped. You should not be feeling shy. And I don't, we are just here. You better receive what you want to receive. <laughs> Hallelujah. If your case is measured, you don't come out, it's your fault. Oh. Many a times, there's something that comes upon the man of God when he's preaching that if he leaves, it's not the same. Oh. If you lie, be foolish, I say, it's just all of us here. I remember when I was much younger. I was in a meeting like this. I mean, we're just, we're not even up to this. We're just about three, four of us. I will never forget. It's just like the story I was telling you. And I'll share another one with you that I don't usually share. And they were just teaching us about the healing anointing. How miracles happen. Ha, I was so wild. I've watched it on TV, but I've never seen it in my ministry. I was so wild. So the man just said, Hayo, come. I said, he said, you, you doubt that. He said, you are having a doubt about the healing anointing. I said, yes, I do. Because I think it's only on TV it happens. It doesn't really happen physically. Because he was praying for someone. And I was looking at him like this, just the same way some of you do. 
I was like that. Very, very just like you people. And he, he, he just spotted it by the Holy Ghost. I mean, my own expression, you know, you, you are, your own expression can even show that. Was that. Me, my own expression is very holy. I, I was very serious. I was even praying in tongues, but it's a lie. In my own heart, oh, a lot was going on. <laughs> and he just spotted it and just said, come. I said, do you have any pain in your body at all? Any pain? I said, this boil, there's a boil in my nose. And you know those boys that you wake up in the morning and you just see something just, just show up? I said, there's a boy. I said, this is uh, paining me. He said, you know he's not paining you. I said, eh, whatever, let it disappear. Ah, he now looked at me, he said, ah, yo. I said, okay, close your eyes. I said, ah. You know, when he said, close your eyes, I said, oh, you want to do magic? <laughs> so I said, go, I mean, I he said, in the name of Jesus, what do you want to do in the name of Jesus? He said, in the name of Jesus, the boy goes now. He said, open your eyes. Me, my eyes was already open. He said, touch it. So before I left my seat, I already showed my friend so that we can go back and say it did not work. So as I was going, I said, guy, see it though. I'll come. Uh, you, you have to have friends that, <laughs> that are crazy. <laughs> I had life like that. And you guys just said, I, I touched it, I could So I went, I quickly went. So the, past, the, the picture was like, yeah. So I quickly now went back. I said, guy, you see that? Did you see that? Thing? He said, ah, it's not there again. Because of that, if we were to take a cab, let's say at the gate here, we trekked to, let me say, Haraiti. I'm not, I'm not trying to exaggerate. We could were like, wowed on just that little thing. And he ministered to me and said, from today, that wish which work with healing begins to function in your life. So me too, I got to church the next Sunday. I was like, is there anybody sick? So one sister came and said, Mr. Ape. I said, Mr. Ape is normal. She said, pray. Ah. I said, in Jesus' name. I said, close your eyes too. <laughs> I said, close your eyes. I said, now open it. Check if it's gone. I, I said, he said, ah, I can't feel it again. I said, you know, it's seasonal. Like, when you get to, you know, it depends. I, I, I've done some research about those things. They, they taught us, uh, what they call it, biology, all those uh, uh, elementary science. I, don't, I forgot. They should have taught us. So I knew that the pain is seasonal. I said, she said, I did not feel. So that day was the day. She said, I did not feel. So I said, tell me by, text me by Friday or Wednesday to see if it had pain. See, I did not feel any pain throughout this. He said, and me, I used to have heavy pains, this other. Hey, hey. So I said, maybe that one does not really work. So I told my, so I came to service the next day. I said, the power of God is already working on me, issue. Brethren, <laughs> <laughs> brethren, the power of God is working. Mess up pain disappeared. <laughs> you have to be proud about the power of God at work, too. So I called another case. This brother said, this brother, you can literally see him, that he has malaria, he was shivering. So, he tried to come out. So me, I dodged him like, ah, like, don't come out, disgrace me. I just, <laughs> so he was coming out like, let's say he was coming out. So I was like, so you know, so if you are still sick, so what was coming out? So my friend said, turn, turn. So he said, see that? <laughs> what happened? Hallelujah. And he was healed. And since then, glory to God. 
I've seen several sicknesses healed. Glory to God. See, you know, the kind of miracles we see in our ministry, if we really want to boast, week in, week out, we can boast. But it's not just time. It's not time. It's not time. Very soon, we'll start doing archives without the testimonies of healing that we see week in, week out. Hallelujah. Amen. It's just not time. It's not just time. It's not just time. It's not just time. By the time it's time, I'll tell you it's time. <laughs> All right, we're in Numbers 27. And we're still in the ministry of the laying on of ends. Numbers 27, verse 18. It says, The Lord said unto Moses, Take thee, Joshua, the son of Nom, a man in whom is the Spirit, and do what? Lay thy hands upon him. Look at the results. What happened in verse 23? Look at, look at what happened in verse 23. It says, And he laid his hands. So Moses laid hands on Joshua. And he gave him charge as the Lord has commanded by the hands of Moses. Look at the result of what happened to the life of Joshua. Deuteronomy 34 verse 9. Deuteronomy 34 verse 9. Look at Deuteronomy 34 verse 9. So Joshua was a young guy who couldn't, as it were, lead the people. He didn't have courage. He didn't have boldness to lead the people of Israel. But look at what happened in verse 9. Deuteronomy 34 verse 9. Are you, are you there? Are you seeing it? It says, And Joshua the son of Nom was full of wisdom. For Moses has done what? Had laid hands on what? So that means wisdom came upon him. He was bolder to take up the task. As a reason of the laying on of hands. You know, Jesus also laid hands. Just to skip so many other texts in the Old Testament. Go to Matthew 19. Matthew 19 verse 13. Matthew 19, verse 13 to 15. Matthew 19, verse 13 to 15. Jesus laid hands. And you know, Jesus laid... Look at Matthew 19, verse 13. Then there brought unto him little children, that he should put what? That he should put what? Now, why did they bring little children? The Jewish custom, they understood the culture. They understood what the ministry of the hands does. So he said they brought little and he laid his hands on them and did what? And prayed. Look at Mark 10, verse 13 to 16. Mark 10, 13 to 16. I'll be very fast now because of my time. Mark 10, verse 13 to 16. He says, and he brought forth little children that he should touch them. So that touch them there means he should lay hands. You know, Jesus also laid hands on the disciples. Luke 24. These are details that many of you don't see in the scripture. Look at Luke 24, verse 50. Luke 24, verse 50. Luke 24, verse 50. This was before, before he left them. Luke 24, 50. Are you there? He says, and he led them house far, and Bethany, and lifted up his hands, and did what? And blessed them. That was an implication of laying hands on them before he left the earth. So Jesus imparted something on them before he left. Also in healing, you see Jesus laying hands. You can put this down. Luke 4 verse 40. Luke 13, 10 to 13. Mark 8, 22 to 23, 22 to 35. Luke 4, 40. Mark 13, 10 to 13. Mark 8, 22 to 25. The ministry of the laying on of hands is so vital. And it's as though, as I was praying for this meeting, so, so, some, of you, some of you as... Many of you, hands has been laid on you 
and it's as where you've despised it. As has been laid on you, maybe when you were younger, and you despised it. That's what I sensed. Some of you, as were laid on you, some of you, they, they spoke words over your life. And you, as it were, you just, you just neglected it. I call you to remember it. Some of you have not paid attention to it. Some of you have not given it a proper reference that you ought to. See, let me tell you my story. Many years ago, I was sitting like this, just like this in the church, and I was spotted out. The woman, I won't forget her name, we call her Mommy Rhoda. She just said, who is Ayo Benson? She just said, who is Ayo Benson? I said, me. She said, come. She laid hands upon me. I was not planning to do ministry. If they tell me I'll be a preacher today, I'll say it's a lie. I was not, it was not in my mind. This is about 15, 16 years ago. If they say I would be a preacher today, I would say, you are a liar. And she just laid hands on me and spoke words over my life. As I stood up, my life changed. I knew it that this is what God will call me to do. I mean, I'm not those kind of preachers that will tell you I heard the voice, I heard this. No, hands was laid on me. I barely share this story, but I just wanted you to know. Hands was laid on me. And I'm doing what God asked me to do today. And it will reach the nations of the earth. Hallelujah. So, the me, I, I believe, some of you, hands has been laid on you before. Some of you, there have been stirrings. Some of you, there are some operations of the workings of the Spirit. That ought to be working and functioning in your life. That you are not yet up to the task. Some of you, how many of you, some of you will just be feeling, you're just feeling restless. Oh, you need hands touching you. And you came to the right place. Some of you are just feeling restless in your spiritual life. I've prayed, I've prayed on the word. I don't know what else to do. Don't worry. When hands are laid on you tonight, it's as it were. Things will spark up. Things will jet back to life. Are you getting what I'm saying? Look at the believer today, Mark 16. Jesus instructed us to do it. Mark 16. Verse 15, Mark 16, verse 15. Mark 16, verse 15. It says, Go ye and preach the into the world and preach the gospel. It says, See that believer that is by such shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be down. It says, And this sign shall follow them. It says, In my name they shall cast out devil. They shall speak with new tongues. It now says, They shall take up the devil and they shall not hold them. It now says, They shall do what? They shall lay hands on the sick and, it will be, and, the, and the sick will recover. So, as a man who is indwelled of the Spirit, we can lay hands. At 3, they lay hands. At 28, verse 8, let me show you. At 28, verse 8. Go to at 28, verse 8. At 28, verse 8. You know, strength is going, you're going to receive strength tonight. You're going to receive, as it were, strengthening for your ministry. That your hands will be more stable. Look at it, at 28, verse 8. At 28, verse 8. At 28 verse 8. He says, And it came to pass that Father, the publishers, laid sick of the fever and of the bloody flus, to whom Paul entered in and prayed, and laid what? His hands on him, and he was healed. At 19, 17 to 18, you will see that also. At 19, 6 to 7, you will see it. Look at 1 Timothy 4, verse 14. Look at 1 Timothy 4, verse 14. Paul commanded us and gave us an instruction. 
First Timothy 4 verse 14. Sorry, forgive me. I just like to explain things very well to people so that you know what, what is happening to you. A lot of people just come to church meetings. They just see pastors touching people, touching the head of people, and they wonder, what's all this? And some, people, some, some of you have even criticized and say, I don't like it when people are touching my head too much. Ha, you better let them touch your head. Hallelujah. Praise God. Look at First Timothy 4 verse 14. It says, neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy. And what? With delay. So that means you can receive spiritual gifts. I told you, the reason I'm doing ministry today, I'm preaching the gospel, as was laid on me. As was laid on me. See, there are several times, even this year, I had to travel just so that they can put hands on me. I had to travel down to meetings. Just so that hands can be touched. I can receive something. I can be fresher as a preacher. Hands being laid on you. He says you should not neglect the gift that was given to thee. So that neglect not means, that neglect is from the Greek word amelio, A-M-E-L-E-O. It means, to ref, it refers to the action of treating a thing without concern. Of treating a thing without or viewing it as insignificant. You don't see it as anything. You're just, you just say it's not great value. Ha. Ah, no. At 13. Go to at 13, 1 to 3. At 13, 1 to 3. Let me show you what happened. Look at the ministry of Paul. Before this at 13, you will not find Paul really doing anything in ministry actively. But as it were, look at what happened in verse 3. At 13, verse 3. He said, when they are fasted and prayed, and laid hands on them. What happened? They said, it is from this at 13, the ministry of Paul was more visible. The ministry of the laying on of hands. At 6, verse 3 to 6. At 6, at 6. At 6, verse 3 to 6. It says, it says, look at what happened in verse, verse it says, Wherefore, look ye among you, men of whom who may appoint over this business, and will not give ourselves to the ministry of the world. And that says, look at in verse 6, and when they are set before the apostles, when they are prayed, they did what? They did what, guys? They laid their hands on them. So when hands are laid, spiritual gifts are imparted. Romans 1, verse 11 to 12. I'm showing you all of these things so that it's clear to you. So when hands are touched on you today, because I just have a leading to do that to everyone today. You won't think, ha, ah, that pastor, like every other pastor who comes to touch people's head. No, I don't even like it. If it is on my own, <laughs> I will not lay hands on anybody. I don't like touching anybody. I don't want to touch your head. But God said I should. Hallelujah. Praise God. Look at Romans 1, 11. It says, for I long to see you. That I may do what? Impact unto you what? Some spiritual gift. That to the end that you what? Ye may be established. So this is impartation. And is done via the laying on of hands. So when hands are laid, supernatural endowment comes on you. As it were, if you've been feeling weird, things will change. Are you getting what I'm saying? And how do you receive from this ministry? Number one, you come with expectations. You have to have expectations. If you don't have expectations, nothing can happen. I remember 2019, I was very confused. Very, very. I traveled down for a meeting. And I, I was in that meeting. And 
as hands was laid on me, I got I entered into a vision, and the Lord said, Go to New York. That's why I'm here. 2019. As hands was laid on me, I fell into a vision immediately. And I heard the Lord very loud and clear say, Go to New York. It was so tangible and so audible because God knows I would doubt it that my friend heard it. My friend did not know if there's any place called New York in this life. As I stood up, he just said, I said, Did you? I told him, I said, Do you hear what I heard? I said, Yes. Go to New York. He has never been to the America before. Neither, neither does he even have a passport. As at that time. He just said, go to New York. I said, wow. That is why I'm in New York today. I won't be in New York if I didn't hear God. But how did that happen? Hands was laid. Hallelujah. Many a times when, but you have to come with expectations. I told you I was confused. I needed clarity. I needed direction of what God will have me do in ministry. I needed, I needed things to be clear for me. And I went. And as hands was touched on me, I saw it immediately. So you know what? What, has, what I have been struggling to see, if I, if I, that feeling I've been feeling, that 2019, I've been feeling it for two years, since 2017. I just knew that something was wrong somewhere. I couldn't get it. I've prayed, I've fasted, I've done a lot. I couldn't get it. It was until hands was laid that I got it. Hallelujah. When the ministry of the laying on of hands is, is it's just like the story of Bessie Benson in Dowser, who, who eradicated the, you know, even the story of Billy Graham, hands was laid on him and he reached the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when hands are laid, tangible things happen. Power is being demonstrated. So how do you do it? You honor the minister. If you see me as a guy, you, re- you cannot receive anything from a guy. If you see me as that boy, you cannot receive anything from a boy. You have to see me as a man of God. I'm not saying it so that you can see me as it. No, that's not my, you should know me. I'm not, that's, not, that's not my business. But you have to change your honor work. Because let me tell you, the Bible says in Mark 4, or Mark 5, or Mark 6, it says, that Jesus could not do so many miracles in his own hometown because the people did not receive him because of lack of honor. Honor is very key in the ministry. Look at the woman with the issue of blood. She said, if I but touch the hem of the garment, I will be made whole." She needed that touch. She needed the contact. She, 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 that was honor. She knew that Jesus was a man of something. So if you see me as that brother, you can't receive anything from a brother. If you see me as, that's all, mm, you see me as that man of God wants to bless me. I've received the laying on of hands from my friend before, but I didn't see him as a friend. I saw him and I was under the power of God for, for quite a while, shaking, shivering from my friend. I mean my friend. In fact, I'm older than him. And he laid hands on me. I'm not that stupid to feel like, oh, this is no. How we kneel down in the name of Jesus, I receive. Because I know what he does. He had the workings of the spirit that I don't have. He had something in his life that I saw. That I said, ah, how come I've prayed, I've fasted. This thing has never worked in my life and ministry. Lay hands on me. Let this thing work now. Stay up this. I tell you, immediately he did it. I remember there was a meeting and I preached after. I saw the same thing. I said, wow, thank God. I this is a guy who, is, who I'm older than. He laid hands on me. But I did not see him as my friend. When I wanted to receive, I said, Sir, man of God, I come. I, I, I need this. 
In fact, he was like, ah, man of God, don't do this. I said, oh, this is my life, John. This is my ministry. Men are hearing our voice in nations today. Do you know how it happened? <laughs> Hans was laid on me about it. That I will reach the nations of the world. It might not look like it. It might look like this. But I'm telling you, we're going to be on TV. We're going to be on radio stations all across North America, South America. Some of you are here despising and saying, look at this and saying, see, give it five years. Write it, write, write what I'm saying down. Ask those who have been with me. You will, hear, you will notice how I talk. I give it five years. You will hear it all over the nations. Africa, South America, North America. You will hear it. You will see, you will see us on TV. You say, ah, that was that guy. Well, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I'm not just that guy. I know God called me. I'm telling you. It's all fair. Yeah, look at this. this uh, how many are we? Look at even empty chairs. No. <laughs> we are going to fill the nations of the earth with the gospel. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. Do you know why I'm speaking that way? Hands has been laid. Wars have come forth. And the Bible says the wars of a king don't fall to the ground. God's word over my life and my ministry cannot fall to the ground. It's a confidence I ride on. Hallelujah. Men are hearing us in nations today. I don't want to mention the nations. Men are hearing us, following us in nations today. Why? Because of what God has said. And because hands has been laid. See, when we hold meetings, people travel down from different cities, different places to come for our meetings. I told them some years ago, I said it's good, it happens. But you know what happens? Many a times, even the church members don't come, and those from outside, those that did not even know you, comes. <laughs> We're never stranded. Why? Because God's word comes forth. And tonight, I'm going to trust God to speak over your life also. And I believe the words will not fall to the ground. Because he told me to lay hands on you, everyone that will come to tonight's meeting. I was, I struggled with it. I thought, in fact, these things I wrote down to you, I prepared it at 2, 2 p.m. this afternoon. I was struggling. Nah, I don't want to do this. But you know what? I'd rather obey God. I'd rather just obey God. I'd rather obey God. Because I know things will happen. Spiritual things will be bettered tonight in the name of Jesus. So how do you receive? I said, number one, you come with expectations. Number two, you are not the minister. Number three, you just avoid distractions as much as possible. And you just stay prayed up. You receive instructions also. And sometimes, you know what you are expecting. Play for me. You know what you are expecting before. You know what you want. Because sometimes, I don't even know what you want. It's you that know what you want. Hallelujah. So you, you just tell yourself, Hi, this is what I desire. In 2019, I told you I was, I was just struggling, Susan. I desire this. I desire this. And I received it via the lane of events. I remember in 2020, I was going through some troubles in ministry then. In, in so many, so many things that we're doing. I was going through a lot of oppositions, a lot of uh, some of you remember those times. 2020. I took a trip, traveled down. I just needed because I know and I respect the minister of the gospel so strong. In fact, not just respect, I all know him. And I know that by the time I, I was fasting, I was praying, I just knew by the time I get there, I'll receive clarity. And he just said, in a crowd of about 15,000, he said, there's a preacher. You came from out of the country to this meeting. He said, because you are about to do this, you are about to do that. Who are you? Men and brethren, it was me. I was singled out out of almost 15,000, 20,000 people. Because I had an expectation. 
The preacher didn't even know I was coming. He didn't even know me as at that time. Now he, we have a good relationship. But in 2020, he didn't know me. He just said, it was just a word of knowledge. He just said, there was, there's a man. He said, there's a preacher. There are pastors. You came here from out of the country. He said, specifically, there's one of you. You came for this, for that, for that. Her hands was laid. I was under the power of God for about five minutes, feeling the glory and the tangibility of God's presence. Immediately I stood up. I knew what to do. I came back. Some of you remember. We had Youth Conference 2020. It was. <laughs> Some of the people that are following us in ministry today was that meeting. And that was where things happened. We had a meeting in the midst of the pandemic in 2020 and everywhere was packed out. We had overflow. People watched from every, on many nations and nobody knew me then. Why? Hands was laid. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So when hands are laid, tangible things happen. Actually, you learn to receive. Some people say, but why did I not fall down? You were the one that decided not to fall down. I have a teaching called Why the Falling. You can listen to it. I explained why people fall down, what happens, what people fall down, all of those things. Listen to it. Many a times, it's the mindset you have conditioned yourself for. You say, I will never fall down. I will. Me and my friend, we used to do that when we were very much younger. You say, nobody can touch us. We say, we stand tall. And we didn't know we were deceiving ourselves. When hands are laid, as far as he's a minister of the gospel, tangible power is released. Sometimes you are the one stifling yourself. That's why we have catchers, so that your head will not break. <laughs> so some can fall, some might not. Just receive. Just know you are receiving. Hallelujah. Just know you are receiving. Many a times, the reason why the, the hindrance to your receiving is because as they touch you like this, you have told yourself, <laughs> nothing can happen to me. You are, that's the thought of the devil. I remember when we were young, younger. Me and my friends, we used to hold that thought. We used to say, hope you did not fall down. Because if you do, I will kill you. So we used to make it a competition as a that man touching you for that. Why? Why? If I went to accuse one brother then, why do you always fall down in meetings? <laughs> Stupidos. Stupidos. When hands are laid, tangible power is communicated. Tangibilities of God's presence is seen. So you will be the one to do the receiving. I can't do receiving for you. All I'll just do is to believe God. You are the one that will receive. You are the one that... Uh, you, can, you can just set an expectation and a desire. I'll give you like a minute to do that. Just what do you desire? So, let me, some of you don't even know. But you know you can desire something like my voice will reach the nations of the world. I was a young child and about seven, eight and I saw Pastor Ye Adeboe preach. I, I went to Redemption Camp. I followed my mother there to Redemption Camp and I said, wow, I have never seen this kind of crowd before. Almost more than a million people were gathered together. I was so dazed, so wow. And I was like, wow. And I came back and I said, Lord, I didn't even know much, but I just said, Lord, I want this. I won't tell you what happened later. I'll tell you as the years progress. 
things you can desire. There is no workings of the Spirit in my life today eh, that I did not get via the ministry of the laying on of hands. I think I... How many of you understood my teaching very clearly? How many of you understood it today? How many of you did? See, I don't used to teach like this. Mm, I never. Ask those who have been with me for years. They will tell you. I don't used to teach. I used to be that jumpy preacher that when I teach, everybody is confused. But I desired the, the teaching gift. Like, ah, how can people explain scriptures this way? And make it very clear to people. Hands was laid on me. And I knew it. That, oh, wow. I came back. Some of you remember. I came back and we started teaching. And that was it till today. Some of you hear sound clear. You say, wow, it's so clear to me. It was never like that too. There are some archives we can never show you. <laughs> it was never like that. Hands was laid. And the teaching ministry works. We've seen the sick healed so many times. I desired it. I desired it. I've seen. I've seen so many things. I've seen. See, in this my it is my little days. I've seen things. I've seen. I've seen. I've seen. I just probably hold some testimonies back. So you just, just, just hold some things back. I've seen. But hey, see, spiritual things are communicated via the ministry of the lean on of hands. So when hands are laid, you receive. You know, and hands can be laid for the sick also. You say, okay, I, I believe God for healing. I believe God for a fresher. You know, you can believe God for a fresher walk with God. Say, I want my work with God to be to be on fire. My study life on fire, my prayer life on fire. Yeah. I thought you do, I'm, I'm as plain as a book. I, I remember I didn't used to have a prayer life before. I just watched somebody do it and I and I and I did it. I didn't used to know how to pray or have a prayer life before. I just loved the way the person was praying. I just said, Wow, I believe and I received this for my life and ministry. And today we are having mission is possible where we'll be praying too. <laughs> but it was never like that. So you can receive things in the atmosphere. You can receive a stronger work with God. That, oh, I want my work with God to be fresher. I want my work with God to be, you know, to be. I just want to, I just want to serve God more. I want to be a good preacher of the gospel. I want to, I want to heal the sick stronger. How many of you desire things like that? To see, to see blind eyes open. I've seen things, oh, I've seen blind eyes open. You know, you see people walk. You raise people. Those of you that have been with me, we've seen all of these miracles. That's why I'm saying we just don't want to boast. We will boast soon. That is okay. Cripples. I, I want to heal the sick more. I want to. I want to, as it were, by the by the ministry of the laying of hands, I want to, as it were, just make a cripple walk. How about things like that? can be laid on you and you can be you can be in a trance for hours i remember 20 i can't remember what year now 2013 2015 i was in a meeting just like this and this guy he wore a native clothes i will never forget i can't remember his face and he was just teaching us about the glory of god the power of god prior to that i have never seen a vision in my life 
I've only heard it. I've only heard it. But he was just teaching us visions, telling us the power of God is real. The power of God is real. This and that. He was just explaining from the scripture. I was just like, wow. And he just said, now your eyes is open to see. And I tell you, we are about 100 in that meeting. All the 100 of us, we saw things. So he now said, if you saw anything, come out. Everybody came out of their seat to the pulpit. He said, go back, go back, go back, go back, go back, go back. But that was an atmosphere. And since then, I've been seeing visions. Just because I was in the right place. You know, hands can be laid on you today and you just see things that you've never seen before. Just like how I saw God tell me in 2019, when hands were laid on me, I saw it very clearly and I ate it. Pack your bag and go to New York and go and preach and raise me people. You can see things, you can just experience things. You are the one that will know what you want when hands are laid. And because you are the one that is going to do the receiving. But I tell you, when hands are laid, something dropped. But many of you have despised it. Hands were laid on you. There's someone, I see it, I, I've been seeing it, but I've been ignoring it. There's one of you, hands was laid on you and you were spoken and they said you will be a preacher. Who is that person? I want to touch you specially. You were, hands was laid on you years ago and they spoke on your life and said you will preach the gospel. That God is calling you to do something. But you just you let it go. Who is that person? I want to pray for you specially. Who is that person? Who is the person? Please. Who is, who is the person? Please come. You, you're going to stand to do what God will have you do. So strong. So strong. You know, it's just like me too. As was laid on me to preach. If they tell me I'll be a preacher today, I'll say it's a lie. You know what I'm going to do with it? I'm going to reawaken the call. It seems like he has lost it. That's what I hear God say. See, like, I don't know. You have not lost it. There's at least a second chance. You will just find yourself as hands are touched on you. you just find yourself stirred up again. You just have the clarity and the direction and the path to follow. Let's just pray in the Holy Ghost where you are. on our feet.